Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Welcome into At The Podium, Episode 6, brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist, and we have another triple-decker of press conferences for you today. First up, head coach Doug Peterson the morning after the game last week. Then Monday, we have offensive coordinator Mike Groh and defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz. They answer questions about the 34-13 blowout road win on Thursday night over the New York Giants in what we're hoping is a turning point game for the Eagles season as they move to 3-3 and onward. Next time you'll be hearing from us is Wednesday morning as Benjamin Solak and I break down the Eagles offense against the Panthers defense in part one of our weekly preview series. Look forward to that, but for now, enjoy the coaching staff breaking down this game for you. Uh, yeah, still gathering a few more uh, tests, uh, some more information. Actually, um, had a brief, brief meeting this morning uh, with the medical staff, but uh, we still need to gather some more information to determine exactly where he's at. What's the early indication based off the meeting that you had? Um, early indication, I think. I think uh, you know. Um, again, I, I don't want to speculate too much, but uh, it's positive. You know, um, and 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 we'll see. Kind of a kind of a day to day, and and I just got to wait and make sure that all the information is accurate. How did you think he was playing before he got hurt yesterday? You know, I thought uh, I thought he went into the game, um, you know, on a short week. Uh, a lot of confidence, very positive. Uh, he, of course, he was going against a, a, a great pass rusher in in, uh, in Vernon there, and um, I thought he thought he did a nice job. You know, did a really nice job. Carson showed up his ability to extend plays and and buy some time. Was there ever a moment in his rehab where you kind of questioned if he'd be able to get back to that level so soon? No. Why was that? Oh, um, you want me to follow up? Okay. Well, I mean, it was a yes or no question. Um, just just watching him, uh, just watching him rehab, watching him work, watching him, uh, you know, out on the field uh, and, and his, his determination to get back on the football field. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of strength in his lower body. I uh, noticed it obviously not only you kind of noticed the lower body through the upper body uh, by the way he's throwing the football and, and so felt like his lower body strength was uh, was solid. With Peters battling um, not only the, the bicep now but the quad and with your experience with Big V, would you consider just giving him some time to rest and get back to full health? <coughs> Rather than well, playing I, I, him yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, you know, those are all things we'll consider. I think we got time. We got you know ten days before we play again, and and uh, we'll see where all our guys are. All these injured guys are in in, in a week or so. But um, right now, we're not going to make any of those you know determinations after after this one game. Uh, Want to get through the weekend, get to next week, and 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 see where everybody's at. You know, coming up. But definitely, uh, yeah, we'll have those conversations. It looks like Carson. I think you just kind of alluded to Carson's arm strength. It looks like it's. Um, increased from from last year. Uh, what does that that extra kind of weaponry give him as far as you know being able to get the ball in tight windows and things like that? That's yeah, just that. I mean, being able to be uh, uh, be a little more pinpoint accurate, being able to stick it the ball um, 
in, in some tight spots, you know, and in, 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 into maybe a contested throw where you can get the ball in there. And, um, you know, it's uh, that throw he made for the first touchdown to Alshon is an example of, of throwing back across your body, uh, making a heck of a throw, you know. So those are all things that are, that are, that are showing up. When did you first see that? Uh, at what point? Well, again, I think, uh, you know, through his rehab and then watching him when he did get a chance to uh, do the seven-on-sevens in training camp uh, is when it, when those types of throws and the arm strength really began to, to show up, uh, not only out on the field, but on tape. How long has Lane Johnson had that uh, high ankle sprain, and do you think it's affected his play? Uh, well, it came out of the week before, the Sunday before, so he was on a short week. So definitely anytime you got an injury like that, uh, it, it can affect you. But I tell you what, Lane uh, Lane battled through it. Uh, tough, tough, t- tough kid. You know, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a tribute to him. Really, it's a credit to him where, where he wants to be great, and, and great players can play through pain and injury, and, and he was one of them, and, and, uh, and battled through it. Said he went down pretty early, and then he was the first quarter. I think it was ruled out really quickly. What's he looking like going forward? He's another one that we're going to continue to evaluate. Um, probably more of a week-to-week you know, basis right now with him, with a hamstring. Jordan what was not active last night. How's he coming along in practice, and how far away do you think he is from being able to play? Ball question there. Uh, he's coming along really well. Um, I tell you what, he he continues to uh, uh, improve every day. Him and Matt Pryor both. Um, they're getting a lot of. Well, they're getting every rep actually. You know, on the on the look teams and and uh, um, really really doing a nice job. You know, and and uh, um, it's encouraging to to see him continue to to grow and develop. After City's injury, what made you put Rasul back there as opposed to Hall or Sullivan, or I guess natural safeties or more experienced safeties? Yeah, well, one thing with 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 Trey Sullivan, you know, he did. We just kind of brought him up, you know, and 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 so wanted to make sure that that he was kind of caught up to speed, and then and then it had worked Rasul back there, uh, you know, a few times over DeAndre, and and so going forward, we got to get got to get everybody prepared, obviously, and and. I think one thing again goes back to our, you know the coaching staff you know having everybody ready to go and uh, not only on defense but also on special teams. When city is, is week to week, um, is is that a role Douglas can play going forward, or is it is is it something where you're going to need a new slot cornerback and keep Maddox? Well, yeah, I mean it's something that I know I know Jim and, and myself, Corey, Tim, uh, we're going to take a look at it obviously now over the you know course of the next couple of days and. Um, Razul is capable, obviously, we've seen that, but we also have guys that, uh, you know, now with, with Trey being active and DeAndre Hall and guys that we can begin to really coach up, you know, with with the amount of time we have before we go back on the practice field. What did, what did uh, Wendell and Corey kind of show you last night? You know, there's obviously a lot of talk about whether they can be, like, you know, the long-term solution of running back with Jay out. I mean, did they show you anything? I tell you, both these guys are, are determined. Um, Runners, uh, they run hard. They run aggressive. They're they're really good backs for us, and and uh, um, you know a lot of confidence in both of those guys. You know, and and what they do, very versatile. Very uh, not only can run, but you, you saw Corey on the screen pass and Wendell out of the backfield, and it's just uh, two guys that that really. Uh, take their job serious and feel like they have to prove something every single day. And, and that's what you want out of your, your players, you know, that they're out there proving themselves over and over because it just makes them better and it makes us better as an offense. So 
been real encouraged by both those guys. What do you make of the defense's struggles with uh, stopping Saquon? Was it just seeing him up close for the first time? And obviously this is something that they'll have to get right, seeing him again this coming month and down the road as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a special back now. You understand, special talent. Um, he's big. He's powerful. Um, very elusive. You know his lateral movements are, are are quick. His his long speed is is exceptional, as we found out. And and listen, you, you you can't you can't stop your feet anytime you go against backs. It's like same thing with with Zeke and Dallas. You can't stop your feet. You got to constantly be moving and 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 you know somehow find a way to get these guys on the ground. And you even saw it later in the game. You know as we had him wrapped up a few times, how powerful he is. Um, and and. You know, it's just uh, it's it's a it's it's a strain to get him on the ground. It's just a it's a credit to him as an athlete. Bigby has obviously had to come in spot duty a lot during games. How much better is he when he has a full week of practice at a position and then kind of get coached up and ready for the game? Oh, he's much better. Can you expand on that a little bit for me? <laughs> well, I mean, you're taking every rep, you know, and you're seeing the front, you're seeing the defense, you know, every single snap. Um, and sorry about that. And uh, um, you know, he, he it just it just it's with any player that uh, you know gets an opportunity to play the position all week and take all those reps. Uh, it just makes you better and more prepared going into the game. But you saw last night the versatility. This is why you know we we when we look for O linemen, you know Big V his versatility left and right tackle. Isaac bumps out for a couple plays to right tackle. Chance comes in the game. Wiz comes in the game. So. You know, that's what you got to have. You got to have that versatility, uh, especially in your your second tier guys. You know, your role players. Those guys need to be versatile, and, and Big V is is one of those guys. Alshon said that you guys plucked the second uh, touchdown that he had from the Patriots. Who deserves credit for for uh, unearthing that one? Well, I mean, we're always offensively, we're always looking at at at, at you know uh, plays and and around the league and, and different things. You catch something on TV. I mean, listen, there's, it's, it's, it fits into who we are. It fits into our, our uh, sort of our DNA offensively. Um, called a very similar play towards the end of the game, you know, to Alshon, another receiver screen. And he was able to, you know, uh, drag a couple guys for a first down on a, on a big third down play at the end, towards the end. So, you know, it's something that uh, a lot of, a lot of teams are doing it, you know, plus in the, inside the five-yard line. Um, and it might be one of his easier TD receptions all season. So what is it about, about Jalen's skill set that makes him so effective inside the, uh, inside the 10 and deep down in the I think I think both he and Darby both. I mean, they're, they're, they're physical guys. If they can put hands and, 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 and redirect routes, you know, inside the five yards, I think is where, where they can really uh, make, you know, uh, make things – hard for receivers and then and then just being able to clamp on and and you know it's a it's a strain down there obviously in the red zone and and they gotta they gotta be on their guy you know all over the field and both guys have just have proven it over and over that down there you know is 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 critical and they both come up making making plays already this season on the topic of the running backs there's obviously a lot of chatter about looking for outside help and you even alluded to it last uh, earlier in the week with Howie, you know, always checking around. Uh, yesterday after the game, Corey Clement told Les and maybe some other guys that um, he went to Howie and said, you don't need to look for outside help. And Howie responded with, okay, prove it. So what's your reaction to a running back 
wanting to stick with the guys here rather than have Howie look for somebody on the outside? Well, let me start by saying, you know, I didn't hear the conversation, so I'm not going to put words in people's mouths until I hear it from them. But listen, I have total confidence in, in our runners. Now, saying that, as you guys know, we constantly, and part of Howie's job and Joe Douglas and our personnel is, is constantly adding talent, if we can, to every position on the roster. Um, so we're very encouraged, obviously, with the current current situation. We love both guys and, and really three guys with Josh. And then when Sproles, we get Sproles back at, you know, at some point. Um, you know, we we that's what we like when we're there. But at the same time, you know, are we constantly – you know, trying to, to add value, add talent. Yeah, we're, we're going to always do that and try to make our roster better. So you get back to Carson, as he's throwing it across his body there, what's going through your mind? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, you see, you kind of see what's happening and how things are developing. Um, and, and, you know, we always talk about, you know, kind of the cardinal rules of quarterback, especially out of the pocket, is you can't throw the ball late down the middle of the field because usually things get picked off or, or bad things happen. But whether or not he saw the penalty on Ertz, you know, in the middle of the field, could have could have also said, hey, I got a free shot here. But but you know what? That's that's who Carson is. That's his aggressiveness. That's what you love about him. Um, and and just two guys making a play and and, and it was a pretty special play. You know you're number franchise quarterback a lot. Uh, I, I know you talked about the whole team, but is there an expectation with someone like Carson that when Things are going against you. He'll he'll pick up the play of the whole team. Yeah, that's what you want. Um, you know, especially out of that position, out of the quarterback position, and he definitely can can bring that spark at any time. You know, during the course of a game, and, and really uplift your team. And um, you know, I think sometimes, you know, uh, a franchise type player, a franchise quarterback in that way. Yeah, I think it's a it's a great uh, it's a great thing to have, especially from one of your top leaders of your, of your team. We've seen a number of screen passes to Alshon this, this season already. From what I recall, not much last year. Was that because you just were didn't want to put him in situations because of the shoulder? No, no. Um, it just comes down to wearing glasses and finding the screens on the call sheet. I know it was a short week and you weren't around him a whole lot, but was there a different, I don't know, tenor around your team before, during, and after this this game? You know, I think I think the guys these last two weeks, um, having let a couple games slip through our hands, uh, and, and this is what I love about the team is is they they the players don't panic, the players are resilient, the players. Players know. Players are smart. I mean, you guys are around them. You know. They're smart. They understand what's going on. They see it. They hear it. They read about it. Um, they see it on television. So, And then as coaches, we point stuff out. So at some point, you know, um, when I talk about ownership, the guys have to take it upon themselves to make the necessary changes, to fix. To, we can't go down. Our behavior has to change. Right, our, our our standards have to have to change just a little bit. They have to elevate just a little bit, and and I can stand up here and talk to the team, and you know, and tell them blue in the face. But until they realize it, until they take ownership of it, until they sort of embrace it, um, it probably won't change. And what I saw last week was, and really the last couple of weeks is they're they're saying and doing the right things. They're they're showing up to practice every day. They're 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 not complaining about 
on a short week and, and we're outside, you know, running around and, and, and getting ready for a Thursday night game. They're not, they're not making excuses for injury. And, and that, and that's what, a, that's what a, 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 our culture has established. That's what a veteran sort of led team can establish. And, and they've embraced that and they've, they've risen to the challenge. And I think, I, I think they had had enough and, and quite honestly, they, they, they rose to the occasion, you know, last night and, and uh, played played well in all three phases. All right, thanks. How's everybody doing? What have you seen from Carson in terms of week to week progressing as far as just running the mission and, and getting the speed of the game and just kind of helping? Well, I think you said it well right there. I think you just get more comfortable with, with the speed of the game, having missed so much time um, throughout the offseason and training camp. Um, you know, he's, I think he's settling nicely and, and finding his rhythm. Second touchdown to uh, Alshon. What are the coaching points for the blockers to make sure uh, they're not getting flagged and still making them um, dance with them? Yep. What's that? What does that mean? Exactly that. To uh, you know, try to create a little bit of a wall there and and not uh, get flagged for a penalty in tight quarters like that. Just to kind of dance them a little bit and try not to knock them back in the end zone and get a penalty. I mean. We're obviously creating a little bit of a wall there and, and giving him a seam to get into the end zone. Hey, Mike, how, how nice was it to have Corey back and him in the mix? And do you figure that that will continue to increase to the where he'll become the lead back? Uh, again, that, those are your words uh, in terms of the lead back, but it's great to have Corey back uh, in the mix. And he adds a lot to our offense, both as a runner and a receiver. Uh, and he's always done a really nice job in being conscientious in protection. Um, so, you know, having him back and available certainly is a boost for us offensively. Was he on a little bit of a pitch count, for want of a better word, uh, Thursday night, just as he eased back in or not? No, no. We, he was full, he was full go, yeah. I mean, that's Carson. You know, you guys have high expectations for him. But, you know, he's statistically even further along than he was after four games last year. And you know, he's coming off a severe knee injury. Is it better, or do you, has he exceeded your expectations? Well, like you said, we got high expectations for him. He's a tremendous player, and um, we know the kind of player that he can be, and he's, he's very diligent about working uh, towards becoming that player and being consistent on every down. And, um, you know, I think you just see a guy who's played three games now and uh, is very comfortable in the system and knows exactly where he wants to go with the ball. And, and uh, you know, he settled in nicely into the game in a short week. Uh, you know, you don't have as much much practice time, and um, he's been very productive. So, you know, we feel like he can continue to do that. What have you seen out of Dick Lee? Um, this chance, obviously, he'll play if Peters isn't ready. What have you seen out of this this past uh, several weeks? And Doug also said that he's probably a guy that is better with a week of preparation as opposed to just jumping in there in the middle of a game. Yeah, I think that's true with any player um, or anybody. You know, everybody's better when they have the opportunity to prepare. Um, whether it be both mentally, you know, and physically for the jobs that we're going to ask him to do throughout the course of the game. But, you know, V's a guy that we have a lot of confidence in. He played really well for us uh, throughout the course of last season and um, did a nice job jumping in there on Thursday night. So you had last year, you had, when you, when you had Mike Wallace earlier this year, without those guys, where do you see that vertical element in the offense coming from? Um, well, like you said, you know, those are two guys that aren't on, are on the field with us right now. So we're, um, trying to create some of those circumstances in different ways. Uh, you know, Tory was out there every week last last year, so there was a lot of continuity there. And then, um, you know, Mike goes down uh, week two. Um, 
So, you know, some of, that's an element that we're, we're searching for a little bit. That spot in the offense, is, is that spot designated, that, that outside receiver spot on, on the right visually, is that designated for that type of player? Um, no, I mean, I think there's a role for, for that guy, that vertical threat in this in a system. So um, we're, we're using a bunch of different guys in, in that role. Um, not necessarily on the right, but just, you know, wherever the, you know, in the, in the scheme, wherever that fits. And, um, you know, hopefully Mike, Mike's progressing and, and we'll get a chance to get him back here this season. What are some of the other things you can do, um, you know, just to, to keep that, uh, these points going? Because when you, when you do score points, when you do score four touchdowns, you're basically undefeated since Doug's gotten here. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, is it, is it a matter of just continuity and practice or is it more to it? Well, I think continuity is, is a very underrated thing. Um, and so three weeks in a row, we've, we've basically had about the same group out there. Um, you know, we lose Jay, add Corey back and, um, you know, things like that. But, you know, just we were speaking about Carson earlier and um, the continuity of, of, you know, him playing there for, for the last several weeks, I think, is, is big, too. Um, but we just continue to try to, you know, put the offense together and put good plans together. Uh, the turnover the defense created for us there on the second play and giving us that great f- field position, we we're able to capitalize on that. Obviously, that that energizes everybody. Big V to be a, to be able to go through the whole week preparing this week and knowing that he's going to be in there at left tackle. Yeah, I think it's still too early to make that determination. Position coach, office coordinator. How much has it changed your ability to individually teach guys uh, when you see a problem or, or so on? Do you just rely mostly on the position coach to do that, or are you able to? Have yeah, a- if there's a if there's an issue or a question that a position coach might have, um, then we talk through it. Or if it's something that I see that I think that that needs to be pointed out, then you know I'll bring it up to that position coach or or you know talk talk it through with the player. Um, it's a collaborative effort. Sam Hollow's been out there for two games now as a starter. Do you think he's playing better than Wisniewski was you know, since you made the switch? I would never make that comparison, but you know, every decision that we make uh, is in the best interest of the team. How, how did you like him at right tackle when he had to fill in for Lane? Isaac? Yeah. yeah, Isaac did a great job of jumping over there. I mean, that's that's hard to do. You know, you play left guard uh, majority of the game, and you got to move over there, over there to right tackle, and that, again, speaks to his – um, ability to be able to do that, both the mental flexibility and, and, and obviously the physical tools to be able to do that's and unique. He, and he probably, he probably hasn't gotten any reps. No, there. he didn't get any reps. I mean, you know, last week's short week anyway. Right. Um, really only one true day on the, on the field. So uh, there, weren't, <laughs> there weren't a lot of reps to go around except for what, you know, you were scheduled to do. I'm not sure if you keep the tabulations on, on this, but have you guys found yourself chipping more to counter what defenses are doing? No, I wouldn't say that. That's been a part of what we did, and, and we did a bunch of it last year, so I, w- I wouldn't say that's that's been any more. Um, I don't know that to, to say that there's a percentage. I don't know what that would be. But, um, you know, there's certain things that we, we do try to do that on. What show have you gotten on, uh, on, on Doug now that you're working even uh, closer with him this season? I didn't catch the beginning of that. What kind of added perspective have you gotten on, on Doug and how he goes about his business, um, you know, now working even closer? Close well, I've learned a lot from, you know, um, just in our one-on-one dialogues about, you know, his preparation, how he goes about getting ready for the game. And, um, you know, he's got some, some unique ideas, been around some great people, great Great teachers, um, you know, Coach Reed and, and people like that, that he's been able to learn things from. So it's obviously, uh, you know, very good for me to be able to hear from him. What 
does Shelton still need to do to get more snaps? I think Shelton's doing um, a lot of a lot of good things, a lot of things uh, better each and every week. And um, you know, he's a guy that we're we're working in the mix, and he's one of those guys that does have the vertical speed that that can uh, take the top off a of defense. So we're trying to to utilize him in those roles. Wendell's obviously been a part of the offense this year. What's been the difference for him from last year to this year? Um, I think he's he's been able to stay on the field. You know, he's, he started off last season, had, had a role, and then he got banged up, and, um, you know, he wasn't ever really be able to fit back in into that role. Uh, whether he ever felt 100% after that, I don't know. Um, but he, he, you know, his he's been very consistent with his performance and very diligent with his preparation uh, in all areas, whether it be running the ball, um, catching the ball in the backfield, and protecting the quarterback. Uh, Wendell's done a good job. What was your assessment of the way Jason Peters was playing before he suffered that biceps injury? JP's uh, obviously a valued member of our offensive line. Um, you know, he's got Hall of Fame credentials, and and we're lucky that he's our left tackle, and uh, we're hopeful that he's going to be able to continue to play for us. Nelson has a game like he had two big plays on plays that weren't necessarily designed to, to get him the ball. Do you use that as a sort of coaching point to, for the rest of the guys? Well, you know, those those off-schedule plays are, are plays that, you know, don't necessarily come off in a game the way you practice them. Um, those those kinds of plays change games, and you see it each and every week, uh, not just with the Eagles, but, you know, throughout the you know the NFL. So, um, you know, it was it was heads up on Nelson's part, particularly the ball that's tipped that, that he grabs out of the air and then turns that into a first down and an explosive play, and then the other third down conversion, uh, you know, where Carson pulls up, we're not in rhythm, and he, and Nelson does a good job of seeing it down the field, and uh, you know, breaking to his left, and Carson sees him, and we got a big play. So those 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 plays change the game. I think you know we talked a lot about continuity in in, in this interview and. Um, that's part of it. Just, just the fact that those two have played ball together and now here three weeks in, you know, kind of starting to find that same uh, continuity and, and familiarity with one another that they had uh, throughout the course of last season. The play that Carson had where he rolled right and threw it back to Alshon from quarterback and, and coach perspective, how difficult is that throw to make? Unreal. Yeah. I mean, just one of those throws that um, from, from you know, a coach's perspective, you just say, wow. Uh, one of those kind of plays. And, uh, you know, his head's up on Alshon's part. He's all the way on the left side of the field and works the back end line exactly the way, you know, that we, we coach it. And, uh, you know, outruns Landon Collins there. And somehow Carson throws it against his, you know, the momentum of his body back to the left. And you think it's going into uh, Ogletree's hands, but whizzes, you know, right past his, his ear and into Alshon's arm. And obviously, you know, a third down and uh, 12, I think it was, uh, in the red zone, those are hard to convert, and um, you know those those are two. That's two guys making a heck of a play. Those are normally plays where you would probably tell a quarterback to to not throw. With Carson's skill set, do you find yourself changing the coaching points because you can do things other guys can't? No, I mean we we still want to play disciplined football. Um, it's it's kind of one of those those plays where you know you're like no, and then yes, you know one of those kind of deals. But um, but we have absolute trust and, and confidence in Carson and his ability to see the field and, and make the right decision. And like I said, those, those two guys made a heck of a play to get us off to a fast start. I'm sorry, that was your most uh, complete offensive performance against the Giants. What areas do you feel that you can build on and improve on from that uh, win against them? All the same areas that we've been talking about every week. I mean, I know we're 9-16 on third down. We left some third downs out there that um, we, th we thought were makeable that, uh, you know, we'd like to have back and that we're coaching off of today on the tape. You know, in the red zone, we're 4-6, but we want to we want to be 100% scoring touchdowns down there. We know that we need to score more touchdowns and 
um, you know, just to talk about those two areas in particular, uh, those, there's two areas there that we can improve on. And um, some of the other areas in terms of um, penalties and negative plays, you know, those things uh, were much improved. And it's a testament to the guys and how they prepared last week in a short week and how determined they were to go up there and play well. Carolina, could you talk about what you've seen from that defense? Uh, you know, big, strong, physical defense. I mean, up front, uh, um, very hard to move. They're big and uh, hard to run against. Luke Keekley, obviously, uh, you know, it's a chess match with him on every down uh, in terms of, uh, you know, his ability to, to read and react and, and understand what the offense is trying to do to him and attack their defense. So uh, we know we got our work cut out for us. Uh, excellent scheme, very good players. Um, we know it'll be a challenge this week. Mike, when we look at that, that defense, is your biggest focal point Luke Keekley? I think so. I mean, he's one of the premier middle linebackers in the league. And, um, you know, not only is he supremely talented, but, uh, you know, he, he gets everybody aligned and, and gets them going in the right direction. And so, that, you know, he, he, he poses a significant challenge. Thank you. Good job of getting his hands on balls the last few weeks. What has he done technique-wise to, to improve there? I think it's probably the same thing with Jay Mill um, in the in the red zone. He's, he, he plays pretty good vision on the ball, um, you know, and, and that's a big emphasis for us. Um, he's got great speed. Everybody knows that. But his ability to, to get his eyes back and be able to find the ball leads to a little bit more PBUs there. Plus, his technique of staying square. Um, Done a nice job for us. We're talking, yeah, about, all, we're talking about all these defensive backs, and they're all they're all young. I think Malcolm is the only D back you had um, in uniform over twenty four the other night. Um, what is it about? I mean, you're talking individually, but the whole group. Um, how do they kind of overcome their lack of experience in their youth? Well, we're we're still a work in progress there. Let's not give us any gold stars there yet. We we got a long way to go. Um, but I think that all those guys are are serious about their their craft. They all work really hard. Corey does. Corey and Tim both do a great job getting those guys ready. Um, there's a lot of pride in their group. I've said a bunch of times it's not about the, the individual performance when it comes to our defensive line. Um, and I, I'd, I'd say the same thing with all of all of our position groups. But our, our secondary is an especially is an especially tight group. Um, they do things um, together. They they really take an all for one, one for all mentality, and that serves them well. Jim, as a defensive coordinator, how difficult is it to teach your pass rushers to be aggressive, yet at the same time avoid the roughing the passer penalty? I don't know if you saw the call last night, but a guy had Brady wrapped up. <coughs> Brady pump faked, and he thought the pass was gone. He let him go, and then Brady dove into the end zone. Yeah, we've seen that a few times over the years. I mean, I, I, go, I take myself back. I was, I was working in Tennessee. We had Vince Young, and we were playing the Giants. And... Um, I think it was Kiwanuka, defensive end at Boston College, had a roughing the um, quarterback penalty on Vince Young, and there was a huge fourth down in the game. Um, we were we were behind in the game, trying to get back up, and and he had the quarterback wrapped up, but he was afraid of getting another roughing the quarterback, and let him go, and he escaped and moved the sticks, and we ended up winning the game. So, I mean, first of all, that's not that's not anything that's new. Um, you know, I mean, it, it obviously does a lot to your awareness. Like I said last week, um, you know, there's there's a strike zone on quarterbacks that's different for every other position. Even defenseless receivers, you can still go low on those guys. You can still land with your weight on them. You know, you hit them in the air. You don't have to try to contort your body around. But quarterback in the pocket, it's a totally different story. And, um, you know, it does it does make it different difficult and you know, I'll say this, particularly this week when you talk about a six foot five, 
250-pound uh, quarterback who's hard enough to tackle, just tackle him alone, but no, but you know, also worried about him and potentially getting a um, you know getting a rough in the quarterback. And then you also add all their designed runs. Cam Newton has opened up every designed run that you can imagine, and, and they've really um, ramped up their court designed quarterback runs this year over anything that they've done in the past. So, uh, you know, it's, it certainly makes it difficult. We, we have a strike zone we got to stay in. Um, you don't want to hit them late. You have to hit them in the strike zone. You can't hit them with your head. And now when you're going down, you got to do a good job of trying to get your weight off of that guy. You know, in the heat of battle, it's a little bit easier said than done. It's the same, though, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, it went. But when he's when he's sitting there like this, he's still running. Right. <laughs> now he's protected like a passer, but he can uh, he can run at any time, not just when he's out of the pocket. Um, I mean, they have designed runs that are almost wildcat type plays. He's taking direct snap and running quarterback power and quarterback counter and things like that. So if he's in a pass uh, a passing posture, he gets protection. If he's running, um, you know, then he doesn't. But you know, again, sometimes that's you have a hard time, you have a hard time deciphering between the uh, the two. It seems like this year, like there have been more injuries on the defensive side of the ball than, than last year. As a defensive coordinator, I mean, like, have you seen a season like this before? And and how do you compensate? Like, I, I guess obviously <coughs> versatility would be a big key. Yeah, you know, that's one of the reasons we cross-trained so many guys and we put such an emphasis on versatility is because of this. And we had some some uh, pretty well-recognized injuries last year that we were able to overcome. We, our safety position was really tight early in the season last year. Lost Rodney for a few ga- games, lost Corey. Um, you know, so th- that's the injuries are nothing new. It's when you start getting multiple at a position, it can become uh, it, it can become challenging. But that's that, I mean that's that's what we do. The cross training of uh, defensive backs. When in your career did you kind of see the value in that or develop that philosophy? Was it from another coach or kind of where where'd you when did you get there? Well, I think it's probably more when offenses started using three wide receivers more, and. Um, you know, it sort of took the quote box safety out of the equation, and you had to play. Everybody had to play in slit space, and pretty much everybody had to be able to cover a wide receiver that was in the back end. I mean, if you just blitz one guy, somebody's going to cover a wide receiver. So, you need corner skills in the back end. So, um, you know, I think I think probably somewhere mid two thousands, early two thousands, that uh, that model started to change, and I think you're seeing it not just with us, but pretty much across the league now. Chips tackles, uh, but Barkley was probably most of them. Do you just kind of? Yeah, you know, with him, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I if I tag those as missed tackles or just yeah to to tip tip the hat to him. Um, yeah, I mean he's uh, he was he was tough to handle, and you know a lot of our game plan went to trying to minimize Odell Beckham's touches, made us a little bit more vulnerable to running back. That was a calculated risk. Um, you know, the, the probably the most disappointing one there is just not even laying a glove on him. It wasn't so much him making us miss. The one time we didn't even lay a glove on him and he went 55 or whatever it was for the touchdown. That's probably the most disappointing there. But with guys like that, you just got to keep coming. Um, you know, there there are opportunities there. Guys that cut back a lot, that, um, 
you know, make guys miss sometimes. And, and we, you saw it with us a couple of times. Our big guys got shots on them later on down. The more shots you get like that, eventually ball's going to come loose. He was outstanding in that game. He was uh, he was certainly all we could handle. With regards to Carolina's run game, is the design unique to anything that you see of running attacks in the NFL? No, I mean you're seeing it from you know a lot of people. I mean you see it across college football, but um, really no different than a lot of other teams. You say probably just their their willingness to do it in all down and distances and all field positions. There's a lot of teams that'll run zone read stuff in the red zone or on a short yardage play. But, you know, Carolina, I don't think you can uh, I don't think you can put any kind of constraint on down and distance. Third down and whatever, you still got to candle the quarterback's designed runs. Second and 20, I think last night they had a second and 17 or second and 20, and uh, they ran the quarterback. You know, there's a lot of other teams you can sort of um, take him out of your out of your off your radar in those situations. Not in this game. Every every time, every time, uh, every time that ball snapped, whether it's designed run or just an off schedule scramble, we're going to have to account for him. Derek Barnett's development. Pardon? What's the next step for for Derek Barnett in terms of making a leap? I guess. Yeah. Just try to win the next game. I mean, that's that's everybody's development right now. Just do whatever we can do to to win the next game. Um, you know, Derek's. Derek's been coming. He's been playing outstanding football for us. Got a little bit set back with an injury, but, um, you know, like where he's gone. As I follow up to the previous question about Jalen Mills on the inside, what was the thought process between moving the rookie safety to the slot as opposed to a 30-year player who's more experienced? Well, Avante took all those snaps in training camp there. And, um, you know, just where we were, we just thought it was in what we were doing with our corners in that game and the matchup we had. I mean, both both uh, Darby and um, and Jalen are both young players, but they do have some experience, and um, you know tried to tried to put the hat on those guys a little bit more. We could get a little bit more help to the slot than we could outside. Has offense, uh, Carolina's offense changed much with Norv coming in, or is it similar? No, I think there's significant changes. Um, I mean, you see some familiar faces: Funchess, uh, McCaffrey, um, Olson. Obviously, Cam Newton, significant changes on their offensive line, um, you know, significant changes at their other wide receiver positions, you know, drafting DJ Moore, getting him in there, um, you know, different tight ends, bringing, bringing CJ Anderson in. So it's, it's not just a new coordinator, but there's significant um, different dynamic of players there. Um, you know, like I said, I did, they just, they just uh, to, to go spinal tap on you, they just turned their quarterback runs up to 11. You know, I mean, that's that's really probably the, the biggest difference. And, you know, credit to a guy like North Turner that's had, you know, a really long career, but he's embraced that and, and puts a lot of pressure on the defense by doing that. Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech, 
why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.